We're hearing great reports already of the 21 days of freedom and our 21 days of prayer. I want to thank all of you, just thousands of people, thousands of people across our Multiply family that are interacting with this content. And I, I just want to encourage you a couple of things. Let me, let me just um, encourage you as we go into week two of our 21 days of freedom and 21 days of prayer, a couple of uh, principles. One would be, be the, the principle of windows of opportunity windows of opportunity. I don't understand all of this in, in scripture, but um, God can free anybody at any time. God can heal anybody at any time, but there seems to be windows of opportunity, like a special grace that God pours out during certain seasons, the pool of Bethesda that was stirred, that if you got into the pool during that stirring, um, right, or, or even the, the exodus itself as the Israelites are, are crossing through the Red Sea. I'm not saying that a straggling Israelite couldn't have gotten free after the Red Sea closed, but it would have been a lot harder. I would have, I would have liked to have been in the group that made it together through the Red Sea. And so can I just encourage you? I really believe that this is the word of the house for the season. I believe that God is giving Multiply Church and our community a window of grace where we can step into freedom like never before. So that's why I encourage you to do it now. Do it now. And you can catch up. So you say, oh, I didn't, I didn't get started. No, go back today and, and knock out all seven. It'll take you 30 minutes and catch up. And then the principles of so the principle of windows of opportunity. And then the second thing would be the principle of exponential, the principle of exponential. And that simply means this. There's something about doing it together. There's something about doing it together. And so like one horse, one Clydesdale horse that's trained to pull, they say can pull about 8,000 pounds. But if you hook two of them together, it's not 16,000 pounds. They can pull 32,000 pounds. So you're a multiplier. The person next to you is a multiplier. So you put two multipliers together and that's exponential. So when we come together and pray corporately, there's power in that. So again, download the app, 21 Days of Freedom, every day every day in the Wooden Auditorium and online, our 6 a.m. prayer. And I believe over you that you're going to walk in freedom like you've never experienced before. Daniel chapter 3 today, Daniel chapter 3. I want to preach to you on this subject that when it seems like everybody, when it seems like everybody, there's always somebody. It was the early 1960s in America. Our nation was thriving in many ways. It had been about 100 years since the Emancipation Proclamation, and yet racial inequality was still alive and well. And, well, that's just the way it was. People of color were told, stand in line, don't rock the boat, conform to societal Norms, there's black schools and white schools. There's black water fountains and white water fountains. There's, there's black lunch counters and, and, and white lunch counters. And most people had taken the propaganda. We're told just live your lives, don't cause a fuss. But when it seemed like everybody, there's always somebody. This weekend we honor the life and the legacy of that one man that stood up who dared to dream, who dared to be different dared to be criticized, who dared to risk personal safety and comfort for the freedom of others. Today, we are so thankful for Dr. King and all that has been accomplished while acknowledging there is yet much work to be done and pledging ourselves once again as individual Christ followers and a church that will continue to work and strive for the beauty of racial diversity within the body of Christ. But today, 
the battle rages on, church. Today, today, not only do we fight for racial equality, but can I tell you that our religious liberty is under attack? Our religious liberty is under attack. Let me give you a couple of specifics. I'm not trying to be political. This is not a political message, and yet you need to know what is, what you need to know what bills are on the floor of the Senate today and will most likely be passed in January. One is called the Equality Act. I know it sounds nice, but do you know what is in the Equality Act? Number one, the Equality Act will force multiply church to hire people who are not of the Christian faith and do not adhere to the morals as preached in Scripture. The Equality Act will force Concord Academy. You will have to hire teachers that do not teach marriage and family the way the Bible teaches marriage and family. The, the, the Equality Act will force Southeastern University. You will have to teach, you will have to teach the propaganda that they tell you to, pre, to, to teach. And if you don't do it, then they'll take away your accreditation and your funding. That's not political stuff, that's just reality. That's not, I heard that I heard that I heard through a YouTube site that led me to another website. I've got the documents in my hand and I can show you that are straight from this. I can tell you the phone calls that I had two weeks ago with a good friend of mine, pastor in the United States of America, who government aides are showing up at his house, threatening him because he's continuing to have church services. But we shouldn't be surprised. We should be aware, but we shouldn't be surprised. The Bible teaches that there is a spirit of Babylon that will rise in the last days. If you go to Revelation chapter 17 and read about the spirit of Babylon, Bible scholars and, and theologians disagree exactly what the spirit is. And, and I got to tell you, it's, it's a little bit confusing. But one of the things that everybody seems to agree on is simply this, that Babylon represents the spirit of pagan culture and the ways in which the enemy will work through pagan culture to try to prevent faithfulness to Jesus. But when it seems like everybody, there's always somebody. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon and he sent messengers to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all of the provincial, of provincial uh, officials to come to the dedication of the statue that he had set up. So all of these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And then a herald shouted, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. And anyone who refuses to obey will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace. Verse 7, so at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. I want to give you seven thoughts on the, the, the spirit of Babylon that I just pulled right from the scripture. Number one, number one, when the spirit of Babylon is working in a culture, central governmental leaders will use their power to dictate who and how people worship. 
Number two, the cabinet of experts begins to support these declarations and is the first to give their allegiance. Number three, individual rights are thrown out as people are censored and forced to think and act the same way. Number four, the idolatry is then veiled under the guise of coming together, unity, the good of society. Number five, the entertainment industry leads the messaging in playing the music to bow to the idol of culture. Number six, people who dare to think, to worship, or speak differently are considered enemies of the government and of the common good. Number seven, fear of punishment is then used to manipulate people into complying. Verse 12, but there are some Hebrews. But there are some Hebrews. When the spirit of Babylon is alive and well in culture, but there are some Hebrews. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue that you have set up. See, when it seems like everybody, there's always somebody. When it seems like every church is going to cave and bow, there's going to be a church that will not bow. When it seems like other Christians will bow to the music of culture, there will be Christ followers that rise up and say, I will not bow. When it seems like Christian schools and Christian universities will leave their morals at the door for governmental funding, There will be those that rise up and refuse to bow to culture. The music of the spirit of Babylon is playing, church, but the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego is also being released. It's being released upon the church, the true church. And there are people who are saying, we will rise, we will not bow. We will not bow. We will stand. See, here's, if this is what the spirit of Babylon is saying, here's three declarations that I believe that every true believer needs to make. The first is we will not bow. We will not bow. I don't know what I would do if the fire is before me. I hope that I would make the right decision. Uh, But you don't know, do you? You don't know until that moment. But here's what I know. Here's what I know. You are more likely to make the right decision in the future if you choose that right decision now. Polycarp was a disciple of John the Revelator. The Apostle John, a direct disciple of the Apostle John, he pastored the church in Smyrna. You can read about it in the the book of, of Revelation. John had passed on the Isle of Patmos 50 years prior, and the Roman government was now chasing after Polycarp was able to escape for a while, but they caught up to him. They found him in his home, and instead of resisting, he invited them into his home, prepared a meal for them, and then asked for one last request. I guess it was because their bellies were full, but they granted him his last request. You know what his last request was? His last request before they drug him into the Roman Colosseum was, can I spend one more hour in prayer? Can I spend one more hour in prayer? They allowed him to do that. He went into his prayer chamber. He got down on his knees and began to pray a prayer that was so powerful that some of those Roman soldiers that had come to haul him to the Colosseum dropped to their knees in repentance and accepted Jesus on the spot. 
But that didn't stop the mission of the others who did not repent. They took Polycarp and like a scene out of Gladiator, they drug him into the middle of the Roman Colosseum. The proconsul comes up to him and says, Polycarp, pledge your allegiance to Caesar. Deny Christ, pledge your allegiance to Caesar. And Polycarp said, Jesus has never left me. He's never forsaken me. He's never abandoned me. How can I deny him? They gave him three chances every time he said, no, I will not deny my Jesus. The bloodthirsty crowd is hollering for death by beast. They want the lions to be released, but the proconsul chose death by fire. They grabbed his hands and they went to nail his hands to the stake. And Polycarp said, my God is able to save me from the flames. You don't need those nails. I'm just going to stand right here. And as they lit him on fire, the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego comes on Polycarp in the first century and the flames did not consume his body. In fact, In fact, eyewitnesses in the Roman Colosseum say that the stadium did not smell like burning flesh. It it filled with the scent of frankincense. The proconsul didn't stop there. He took a spear. He thrust it into Polycarp's side, and Polycarp ended ended up bleeding out. But he lived faithfully and he died fearlessly we need another generation that says no matter what I don't care what culture is saying I don't care what's popular I don't care what financial implications it has on my business I don't care what financial implications it has on our school or our church we will not bow you just need to know that Frank and Kevin and I have talked we will not bow you need to know that you are part of of a church that is going to refuse to bow to the music of culture. And I believe that we are people who will not bow. Second thing that I believe needs to be our response is we don't need to waste our energy on defending ourselves. And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. I mean, how, how much... Um, how much physical time and emotional energy do we, do we waste coming up with rebuttals and arguments into our, in, in our heads that we never even have in a conversation about? Like you read one thing on social media and you spend the next four hours in your head coming up with a response to that, to that thing on social media. And I just love the response of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they say this. They replied, oh, oh Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves to you. Can I tell you, you don't need to defend yourself to anyone that Jesus is already your righteous judge. And Jesus, and, and, and can I tell you this, the Holy Spirit, one of the names for the Holy Spirit in Scripture is your advocate. That is the, that is the, uh, the picture of a lawyer that's arguing your case. This is for somebody today. You don't need to defend yourself because the Holy Spirit is beside you and he's arguing your case He's arguing your case. He's got you. You don't need to defend yourself. The third thing is this. Have an our God is able, but even if he doesn't. Have that kind of a mindset. 
Our God is able, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to serve him. Our God is able to reverse this legislation, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to bow. Our God is able to turn the this, this state of affairs in this nation, but even if he doesn't, we're going to worship him. Our God, is a, our God is able. When you stand for righteousness and have this kind of mindset, you can't lose. When it seemed like everybody, there's always somebody and I say to you this morning that if you have never found something so dear and so precious to you that you will die for it then you aren't fit to live you may be 38 years old as I happen to be and one day some great opportunity stands before you and calls upon you to stand up for some great principle, some great issue, yes. some great cause. And you refuse to do it because you are afraid. You refuse to do it because you want to live longer. You are afraid that you will lose your job or you are afraid that you will be criticized or that you will lose your popularity. Are you afraid that somebody will stab you or shoot at you or bomb your house? Yes. And so you refuse to take the stand. Well, you may go on and live until you are 90. But you are just as dead at 38 as you would be at 90. And the cessation of breathing in your life is but the belated announcement of an earlier death of the spirit. Yes. You died when you refused to stand up for right. Yes. You died when you refused to stand up for truth. Yes. You died when you refused to stand up for justice. Yes. Take a stand for that which is right. Oh, yes. The world may misunderstand you and criticize you, but you never go alone, for somewhere I read that one with God is a majority. Amen. And God has a way of transforming a minority into a majority. Walk with him this morning and believe in him and do what is right. Amen. And he'll be with you even until the consummation of the ages. Yes, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Where are you going this morning, my friends? Tell the world that you're going with truth. You're going with justice. You're going with goodness. And you will have an eternal companionship. And the world will look at you. And they will understand you. For your fiery furnace will be around you. But you go on anyhow. But if not, I will not bow. And God grant 
that we will never bow before the gods of evil. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. Turning back, there is a seated among.
here's, here's what the enemy is trying to do. Here's what the enemy is trying to do. The enemy is trying to divide us racially and politically so he can defeat us spiritually. What the Spirit of God is doing is he's bringing us together and focusing us on the real fight. Our African-American brothers and sisters, you know this battle. You've been fighting this battle. Uh, uh, the, the, the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and I call that to rise up again, but with a spiritual focus. I, I, I want to, I, I got to tell you the end of this story. I got to preach the end of this story real quick. This is what happens. This is what happens when we come together in, in unity to defeat the spirit of, of, of Babylon. This is what God begins to do. The fire that was meant for you is going to backfire and it's going to defeat the enemy. Because here's what happened is that that Nebuchadnezzar had the fire turned up seven times hotter. And as they bound those three Hebrews and as they threw them into the flames, it wasn't the Hebrew children that died. It was the enemy that the flames, see the flames, the fire that is being turned up in your life isn't going to hurt you. It's going to defeat the enemy. And then the second thing is God is actually going to use this fire to burn off the chains and set you free. Nebuchadnezzar couldn't believe it. He says, I threw them in bound, but they're free. I threw them in bound, but they're free. What if God is actually using this fire to set you free what if he's using this to give you greater freedom than ever before and then you got to know that there is always a fourth person in the fire there's always a fourth person in the fire i'd rather be in the fire with jesus put me in the fire with jesus church put me in the fire with jesus i want to be wherever jesus is then God is going to use your refusing to bow to lead others to him. Nebuchadnezzar repented. He had a change of heart. The world is looking for Christians who are going to stand for what you believe no matter what. And it's not you giving in to this culture that is going to lead people to Jesus. You will never appease anybody to Jesus. You got to stand. You got to stand. You got to stand for righteousness. And it is your stance for righteousness that will draw an unbelieving world to him. And then watch what ends up happening here. In verse 30, it says the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I see the fire in your life causing a promotion. You're about to experience promotion in the kingdom of God. Because when it seems like everybody, when it seems like everybody, I know not everybody, I know not everybody's going to stand. I know, unfortunately, there's some people that have professed Christ that are bowing to culture right now, but when it seemed like everybody would bow, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, not us. When it seemed like everybody has said, I- I'm not going to pray anymore, Daniel said, not me. When it seemed like everybody would continue to live in slavery, Moses and Aaron dared to stand before Pharaoh. When it seemed like everybody would cower in fear to the giant's taunts, a young shepherd picked up a slingshot and five smooth stones. When it seemed like everybody in the Jewish race would be killed, Esther risked her life. Everybody wanted to be free. But it took one person. It only takes one church 
It only takes one to stand for righteousness. It only takes one to stand for Jesus. I wonder if there's somebody today that will say, Pastor, to the best of my ability, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to make a stand. I'm going to stand. No matter what fire the enemy tries to throw against me, I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand for Jesus. I'm going to stand for righteousness. I'm going to stand for what I believe in. There's another in the fire, church. Jesus is beside you. He's with you. He's for you. He's setting you free today. asking God answers prayers we've been asking the Lord just to continue to speak to us through words of prophecy and and uh, words of knowledge and I just want to remind you these are for the comfort edification of God's people so God's going to speak to a couple people very specifically right now as we prayed God gave us some some pictures and then he put a word around it I'm just going to read this word and this will be for somebody specifically and the Lord would say this to you like trying to ride a unicycle you feel so unstable like you can't get any balance in your life. Your life feels very fragmented and no matter how you try to arrange things, nothing seems to line up. 
you feel like life is spinning out of control. But my child, my hand of steadiness will come upon your shoulder. Here's the, here's the image that the Lord has given to me right now. That um, like you feel like you're on that unicycle, right? And like you're just, I can't get my balance. I can't get my balance. And sometimes if you're not ready for it, if somebody puts a hand on your shoulder, you just brush it off because you don't know what's going on. And, and somebody's been brushing off a hand, but it's God's hand. It's God's hand. So you just got to take a breath. The interruption in your life that you're trying to brush off is God trying to steady you. So the Lord is saying this to you. I'm not trying to control you. I'm trying to steady you. Don't resist that hand. It's me. I will steady you. No longer will things not line up. In fact, the lines for you are now falling in pleasant places. Things for you are not spinning out of control. I'm spinning your destiny together. Father, I proclaim that over somebody in the house today, that you're lining things up. The lines are falling in pleasant places. Somebody's going to see the fruit of that even this week. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed. I'm, I'm not trying to be dramatic. These were real situations. These were real believers when they drug Polycarp into that Colosseum. He said, I, I will not deny Jesus. But maybe there's somebody here today that you feel like you've been denying Jesus. You feel like he's been calling you to live for him and you've been walking away or you've been compromising you've been bowing to the music of culture you've been bowing to compromise you've been bowing to sinful habits whatever it is and today Jesus is just saying if you'll stand for me I'll be right there with you so with heads bowed and eyes closed if that's you if you've been running away from Jesus and you just want to give your heart and your life to him if you want to begin to take a stand for him I'm just going to count to three and if that's you if you just lift a hand in the presence of God and in the presence of his people. One, two, three, if that's you, sure. Who else would say that, Doug? I've been, I've been bowing to culture, but I'm not going to bow anymore. I've been living for things. I've been living for myself. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and if everybody would just repeat this prayer after me, I want those of you who have raised your hand to to repeat this. These aren't magic words, but if you pray, the Bible says if you can confess Christ with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he will come into you and that you will be saved and today can start a brand new day for you. So let's all pray this together. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I come to the cross. I want to stand for you. I ask you to forgive me, come into my life and help me to live wide awake to the love of God and fully alive to my purpose in Jesus name though none go with me still I will follow church though none go with me still I will follow I bless you 
with the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I bless you to stand for Jesus. I bless you to stand for righteousness. I bless you that you will walk, if the fire does come against you, that you're going to walk free in the fire. I bless you with the very presence of Jesus. I bless you that you will walk unbound. And I bless you that you will, as a result of that, see promotion in your life. But even if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, can you just say that? But even if he doesn't, but if I win either way, say I win either way, I win either way, I win either way in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen.